What's up, guys? It is Bailey from Horsepower and Pizza. Per usual, I am going to put all of the boring shit at the front of the show. This Sunday, October 30th, 2022, I have a booth at Junk Styles Junk Food Meet on City Island in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So if you are in the central Pennsylvania area, Maryland, Delaware, I don't know, somewhat reasonable driving distance, you should come out and hang out with us. I have a new sweatshirt releasing, I have new shop flags releasing, and I have new hats. Come say what's up, come hang out. If you would like to follow along, at Horsepower Pizza on all platforms, at Cold Pizza Podcast on Instagram. And if you would like to support, you don't have to, but if you would like to, you can head over to www.horsepowerandpizza.com. Today's show got super interesting super quickly. My friend Matt Fiella, I thought I knew him really well. Really, truly thought I knew Matt very well. And he dropped a bombshell on me a couple minutes into the show. It's worth listening to. It's a great show. It got way more interesting than I ever thought that it would. Um, Dead man walking, truly. And I have so much more respect for Matt now than I did before. I hope you take something positive away from it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I do zero paid promotion on this show, so if you enjoy the show, please share it, and we're going to get right into it. Peace. I like my piece of cold and my women colder. Yeah. She too stubborn or I would have told her. And every time I'm with my buddies, yeah, we never sober. <laughs> Wake up feeling 10 years older. It's the Cold Pizza Podcast. We're going to start there. I don't ever prepare for anything, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it took me two weeks at my new job to figure out that I should have been taking notes. So, I, you know, yeah, I, you, I, I'm kind of a... Kind kind of how a I, that's how I got through high school. That's how I got through college. And, like, kind of realizing now that, like, yeah, I should probably prepare for things. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, Matt Fiella. Uh, Bailey and I have been friends for, I don't know, what? Five or six years we've known each other. Five or six years, something like that. I, I think we like officially I was met. To this out the other night. I was like, "How do I know Matt?" And all I can think of is that Nolan probably introduced us at one point, but I don't know. Okay, if that's the case, I'd probably say 2018. So about four years, because I, I I remember meeting Nolan in in 2018. So um, probably became social media friends around then and uh yeah so yeah that's kind of that's the running joke among all of my friends is that i don't meet any of my real friends like in real life i meet them all on social media first i honestly don't know that that was the case i've probably met you in person first but um, yeah, i'm not i'm not too sure i know 2018 was sort of the last year that i spent doing um what i what i call like seeing things you know, yeah. going to meets um doing you know crew even just cruising you know i i haven't really um been like a part of it in a couple of years i think that definitely that was the last year um because that was the last full year that i had my acura so okay if, if we met in person it would definitely have been at um still see finest yeah i remember the club. uh one of the oh. one of the end of year meets or something so but yeah no but I mean, I tried to set this up for yesterday so it could be a 1017 podcast. Oh, dude. But uh didn't work out that way. So 1018, here we are. Hey, that'll work. That'll I'm work. so jealous of that freaking tattoo. <laughs> Go into detail. Tell the people what they want to hear. Okay, so 
Um, it's probably 10 years now that I have wanted a, this, this very specific tattoo. And originally, I wanted it on my neck. And everyone was like, you can't do that. You're, you're still starting like a, a career. You cannot get a neck tattoo. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put it off until I'm in a, a comfortable enough position that I don't care if I have a tattoo. So I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And uh, a, a good friend of mine, um, his name's Danelle. We went to uh, Puerto Rico this past year for my, my 30th birthday. And he was like, hey, I have something I want to tell you. Yeah. He's like, um, I got an apprenticeship at a tattoo shop. And he's like, the, the shop is, is rebranding, remodeling, reopening. Um, it'll be open in like end of August or September. I was like, well, as soon as, as you're allowed to like actually tattoo people, let me know. And he called me up and he was like, hey, why don't you come down this Sunday? This was um, three Sundays ago. And I'm like, okay. Walked in and he's like, what are we doing today? I was like, do you like Gucci Mane? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I want the ice cream cone. So I have uh, Gucci Mane's ice cream cone tattooed on my my right calf. I couldn't get it on my neck. No, um, that's fair. I, I I couldn't. My grandma like really voiced her opinion about that, and I was like, okay, grandma. That's fair. So, I mean, yeah. No, I will say about the date though. At least today uh, is ten years since Chief Keef dropped Love Sosa. Also iconic. We'll take that. Yeah, well, we will take that. Is that really? Damn, we're old. Yeah, yeah. We're Ten old. Ten years, man. I know. Yikes. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's funny, because uh, I'm about one minor inconvenience away from getting a neck tat or a face tat at this point. Like, every week I wake up and I'm like, today might be the day. It, it might be face tat Friday. I'm just going to say you should do it. I, I want to, terribly, and I'm like... I know my mom's going to be pissed. I know that everybody around me is going to be pissed. But So here's the way I look at this. Um, you have been crushing it, by the way, with with what you do professionally. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm always excited to see your TikToks, which we're going to talk about that in a second, too. For sure. Um, dude, get one. You're, you're established in your field. You do great work. You're starting your own business. Why not get a face tattoo? There's a caveat there that okay. I'm not prepared to say it on recording yet, but Fair. it'll it'll make sense here in a couple months. That's okay. all I'll say on that. But no, I that's kind of how I looked at it too. I was like, oh fuck, I want something like small, like not teardrops or anything. But I want I don't I'm not gonna go out and get a fucking ice cream cone on the side of my face like Gucci Mane did. But yeah, just kind of. I don't know. It started as a joke. And then like, I keep seeing more and more people, like even people that I know and went to high school with, like there's a kid, he's got shit like all over, like in his beard line. And now he has shit above his eyebrows and shit too. And I'm like, damn, like he's really going for the post Malone look here. Yeah. I'm like, it'd be kind of dope. But I also like, I don't live in the city anymore though, either. That's the thing. Like Pittsburgh, everybody'd be like, yo, that's cool. I live by a bunch of Amish people and a bunch of Mennonite people and everything else. And they'll be like, he's a demon. So that's, that is that, true. Yeah. Not I mean, that I give a shit what anybody thinks about me, but it's with the professional thing. It's, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where things go in the next 10, 20 years as our generation takes over the marketplace. 
So it's funny you say that because I sent an email on um last Wednesday. I sent the and I'm waiting to hear back. And I asked the head of my department if as long as it wasn't vulgar um or you know deemed like inappropriate if I if I would get fired if I had a face tattoo. And um the the person below her said it's fine, but that I should still ask. So I did. And if she gives me the go ahead to basically say that she will not fire me, I am getting a, a DNR under my eye. So, um, which is kind of a sick joke considering I've died. And my mom does not find that funny at all. Like she, she actually, um, so I, I think it's the first time my mom's yelled at me since I was probably 16. Damn. She was like, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, is so. that a story you want to tell on here? Is that something you're comfortable talking about? Because you just dropped something on me that I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I'm oh, here like, oh shit! Like, are we allowed to joke about that? What the fuck? Like, oh fuck! Oh dude, I, I definitely thought that you knew that. No. Um, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable talking about it. In fact, yeah, I, knew you I had I, some health issues, about it. but I wasn't sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So we'll get into that. And um I pretty much have gotten it down to like the uh the, the cliff notes now because it's been um January eighth will be I say eight years. Okay. So um in January of fifteen I was in a car accident on my way to work. And um wasn't speeding, wasn't doing anything wrong the day before it was in the 40s. At night, it dropped down to zero. So naturally, everything freezes. And because um, because I'm a fucking semi-professional race car driver, uh, even when I drive a normal road, I was like, hit the apex. Yeah, well, that part of the road builds up ice that I didn't know about. Um, so I, I could tell that the car was sliding. And um, I guess if maybe anyone like around here would listen to this they they might know what i'm talking about but it's a a downhill into a hard right uphill so it's kind of a sweeping i i touched on my brake i was going like four or five over the speed limit but with the flow of traffic and my speedometer dropped to zero i was like oh fuck um hit my hit the throttle speedometer climbed back up hit over 60 and i was like okay yeah fuck i'm sliding like what next and um you know everybody talks about when everything slows down whenever you know um you know something's gonna happen and that's a hundred percent true i mean i i can break down foot by foot of everything that happened and i so when when my speedometer dropped to zero and then when it it spiked back up to 60 i was like okay i'm on ice like there's nothing i can do and i see coming down into what would be their left hand turn was a um Toyota minivan there was a field in front of me and that's it so I was like I can either hope to get traction and pull through and they hit the back end of my car or or I'm there was no way I was avoiding it I I could see the distance I knew how fast I was moving I know how fast they were moving I knew I couldn't avoid it but it was either minimize the damage or, or I'm taking a hit and um I, I remember looking down at my clock and I was like, fuck, if I wasn't late for work today, because I was an hour late for work. And um, 
right as soon as the van was about to hit me, all I said was fuck. And the next thing I remember was just honestly a few minutes later, but um, there were four guys taking by like, ripping the door off of my car. And there was a woman who was um, trying to keep me awake and asking if I had someone's phone number to call. So I, I got really lucky. And, and actually, I'm glad that I can say this because, I mean, if there's any first responders that are going to listen to this, like, like you guys are the fucking best dudes ever. My best friend PJ is a medic. I tell him all the time. Um, two cars behind me were two medics and two volunteer firemen going in for them. All four of them had to go to the hospital and get their hands and arms stitches because they ripped my car door with their hand. Um, yeah, so first responders, you guys are like the best fucking people in the world. But uh, the woman, um, her name's Danette, she was trying to keep me awake, and uh, she, she said, is there a number that I can call? And I, I gave her my phone number. So when she called it, my phone rang. She's like, no, 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 I need, I need like an emergency contact. I was like, oh, use my phone, call my mom. And I uh, called my mom, and I remember talking to my mom, and I, I, the last thing I said to her, I was like, it's really cold, and I was like, I can't feel anything, but my head hurts, my chest hurts, and my, my vision's getting black. Like, I was, I was kind of blacking out. Um, and I could hear, I mean, I could hear my mom like crying, throwing up just, I mean, obviously like, you know, this woman said, Hey, like your son's really hurt. And, uh, I woke up 11 days later from a coma and, uh, yeah. So they were, they were, Dude, I had much no like, idea you have, oh yeah. Yeah. So they were pretty much like, you have almost no chance walking again. Um, don't don't think about driving a car again. I ended up losing my entire large intestine, two thirds of my small. Uh, my gallbladder and spleen are gone. I had a torn liver, torn kidney, and then a aortic tear in my heart. So um, I have a scar from under my my like left armpit to the center of my chest, where they um, they pretty much take your out of your chest and and pump it manually with their hands and um yeah so i i broke my my hip and pelvis my hip bone went through my pelvis um broke both legs and obviously uh, i had injury so my my left pelvis and hip are totally used so that's why anyone who um, knows me sees me i always have a limp um because they're, they're fused together so it was either fix my hip or fix my heart and um they they tend to pick the heart over anything so yeah but uh, yeah it was a, it was a pretty crazy experience so that's um that's the story as to why the dnr is not funny to my mother um <laughs> yeah she she didn't yeah she she doesn't think it's very funny but um you know you use humor to cope with things i mean obviously it was a pretty life-altering event no, hundred um, percent. I completely agree because that's yeah. how I cope with all sorts of shit. And a lot of people don't think the things yeah. that I think are funny are funny. So, I mean, I I see the humor in what you're doing with it. So, no harm, no foul. Yeah, I mean, it, it did get a little out of hand at one point. Um, just, <laughs> and this is where it gets uh, kind of fucked up. 
Um, I would make like really inappropriate jokes. So if I called my sister and she didn't pick up the phone, I would be like, Rachel, I'm 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 dying on the side of the road and I wanted to talk to you one last time. And uh yeah, they, they asked me to stop doing that. So I mean I did take it a bit too far, but um I've always had like that fucked up sense of humor and yeah. So to me the DNR thing is hilarious. Like that's that's peak comedy to me, because I'm like, next time don't don't say Hopefully there isn't a next time, but if there is, leave. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's the story about that. Well, hell, this podcast got a whole lot more interesting <laughs> right off the fucking bat. So, geez. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thanks for saying something that made me ask about it. Because damn, that's. I'm looking over my notes now, and I don't have anything fucking cool to ask you beyond that. Damn. <laughs> Believe me, whenever um. Whenever, whenever you go through the story a million times, like I have, I've had to. Um, I- I'm sure that what you want to talk about to me is going to be interesting. So, I, it's very at... rare that I meet someone who who doesn't know that. So that's that's interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've gone through it a million times, man. No, I I feel you. I have stories that i've told a million times that i get it it gets you get sick of telling it at a certain point and that's kind of where i'm at with some of the stories that we're not going through them one here i promise but yeah 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 there's a few stories we're not going to talk about yeah no damn that's wild now i do want to ask you a question though whenever you tell those stories um especially anything that was like a traumatic event for you you find that it helps you have an easier time um, remembering the sequence of events or becomes clearer and more vivid to you because I can, I, I could truthfully stay on this for like 30 minutes and run you through incredibly detailed things that, that, you, that I shouldn't have known, but I do. So I want to know if that's the same for you. I mean, that's, that's a great question. If I sit down, like if we were to sit down one-on-one like we're doing, I put my phone over there so I'm not distracted by anything and we just talk one-on-one and I was to tell you a story, uh, there's one that I'm thinking of which I'll have to tell you off recording, off camera, you will think it's 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 a terrible story, but it gets funnier and funnier the longer it goes on. Yeah. Not not funnier not funny haha funny weird type funny um yeah i can definitely there's things like if i sit and focus and that's all that i focus on i can tell you what i was wearing i can tell you what the weather was everything i smelled like yeah i can i can give you very vivid I can tell you everybody who was there, what was going on, what I felt was going on behind me, just based off the shit that I heard. Definitely like can zone in and I can give you a very clear, detailed, vivid depiction of what went on. But if I'm giving like the spark notes version, kind of like you just gave me, I definitely leave out a lot of those details because I don't know, part of just because 
of having told it so many times and there's been so much that has happened over time it's one of those like i can go into complete detail with you and we can take an hour or an hour and a half to tell this story or i can tell it in 10 or 15 minutes right you know what i mean right no i definitely feel like and i think it says something about trauma in general that i think a lot of shit gets repressed in your head like repressed memories repressed fear things like that and it comes out later or it you may not remember it six days after the event but six months later you're like oh shit yeah i remember that yeah. I, I definitely feel like that happens a lot I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that with being in a coma for what did you say 11 days yeah yeah there's there's things that you were incoherent for a week and a half but you're telling me you remember exactly where your where your foot placement was on the pedals you remember what the weather was like you remember talking to the woman like you didn't remember that shit immediately i'm sure no 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 yeah. that's that, that all pieced itself together um because like so just because I wasn't in a in a coma past January nineteenth, um, I still wasn't very responsive. It was very basic responses, um, head shakes, nods, you know, um, I could, like the occasional thumbs up or thumbs down if something was bothering me. Um, obviously, like I, I had a, a tube in my throat to right. to help me breathe, so just like not being able to communicate it vocally it took a while to piece it together um but actually what triggered everything was events post hospital so i spent five months seven days between um two hospitals and two rehab facilities to to start walking again as soon as i got outside into a car even as a passenger things started to click really, really quickly. Um, and then the actual details of the morning that it happened, this was actually kind of a, a kind of a scary thing to have happen because I had passengers. So um, I was the, the DD the following all, what would be probably like 10, 11 months later, um, I was DDing that night. So I had three of my um, girlfriends in the car and we were going down a road, and as soon as I touched my brake, I started to slide. And so I had a, a car full of people who I'm, I'm being responsible for. And it's the first time I've driven in the snow since January 8th. And everything, the way that it flooded back to me, it was, the only way that I can even think to describe it was, um, <laughs> you ever see like in a movie, Whenever, whenever a group of guys goes out, parties all night, and then they open the door, leaving the club in the morning, and the sun just, like, blasts them in the face. Yeah, that's what, that's what it felt like. Everything came back. Like, I remembered everything in that instant. And I'm also sliding on ice with three passengers. So it was so overwhelming that when I got the car under control and came to a stop, um, my, my, she was my best friend at the time was in the front seat. Um, she could obviously tell because she had spent all that time in the hospital as well. She could tell that something had happened. 
and I, I mean, I had a, a whole panic attack, like, and just everything flooded back. And from that first day that I drove in the snow and my car slid, I remembered every single detail. And when I told people that knew, they were like, there's no way that you can remember. I was like, yeah, no, it just came back to me. So the, what triggers trauma is always what I find really interesting because for, for a 10 or 11 months, I had completely shut it down. And then in three feet on ice, I, I remembered everything. No, I mean, that's, I believe you 100%. The brain works so fucking weird. Like, I don't know. I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not, I, I'm not a scientist. I don't really, I research what I can, but a lot of it's yeah. fucking like typed out in words that I don't understand. So I quit trying to understand it. But it's, there's a lot of, I don't know, the brain is just such a powerful organ and just such a strange place that, because I mean, there's like whole chunks of my life that I don't really have any good, like, I couldn't tell you what I did in high school. I can tell you everything that I did in elementary school and middle school. But there was some shit that went on when I was in high school that my brain just does not want me. Like, I can remember some things, but, like, you asked me what I did when I quit playing football. Like, what did I come home from school and do every day? Couldn't fucking tell you. Yeah. I don't know if I came home and played video games. I don't – because I know that I wasn't – I was I was racing motocross at the time, but I wasn't riding every day because we didn't have land. And – I wasn't playing sports anymore and I wasn't doing drugs. So what the fuck was I doing with my time? I don't know. Yeah. I was just depressed and like not in the best headspace. And my mind is like, Nope, you don't need to go back there. So we're just going to wipe that all out. <laughs> it's crazy. It, it is. It seriously is what your brain will shut off to, um, to stop you from going back to that trauma. It's, yeah. it's really interesting i mean and like you said i mean obviously i'm no fucking scientist either um but i i did have a lot of time downtime during that to read a lot so when i was able to to tolerate being on my phone like looking at a screen and communicating with people which was, was obviously like very exhausting for me but um i had nothing to do so i i would listen to music and i would read that's all i had to do all day long and when you're around doctors and nurses and specialists and, uh, you know, all these medical professionals, you start to, I mean, at least I took an interest in what they were doing. And I also didn't want to feel like an idiot whenever they would come in and tell me what was going on. And I had to look to my mom, who's, who's been a nurse now for 32 years. I had to look at her to, to have her explain it to me. So I wanted to take as much in as I could. And the trauma thing was, was what they encouraged me to read on. Um, they're like, you know, you're, you're going to have issues with your memory. It's only going to get worse over time. And that's why anyone who knows me um, has, has stopped being offended whenever I can't remember things, which is super cool of everybody, by the way, because it is embarrassing. But they're like, we want you to read on, on head trauma and, and what the brain does to protect itself from these, these events that have happened. And it's, dude, it's crazy what you you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to bury it, your brain will bury it. Oh, for sure. So, 
yeah it was um it was definitely an experience though man i mean i obviously there's nothing i can do you know there's no there's no point in there's no point in being depressed or anything like that you can't you can't change it so um it's definitely shaped my my adult life because i was 22 when it happened um yeah 22 when it happened i'll be i'll be 31 this this upcoming and uh yeah so it really did shape my entire adult life i mean it just gave me a lot of different um you know a lot more perspective i i looked at things with a a different point of view i stopped worrying about little things that would maybe bother me before i stopped maintaining relationships that weren't anything that i deemed worth my time and i know that sounds really rude but you start to look at the fact that like you almost ran out of time so i'm not going to keep wasting time with with things that uh, that aren't aren't moving me and you forward so it definitely really changed my perspective on everything gave me a different outlook obviously a, a totally different respect for um everybody that was involved so it was uh it was a rod man <laughs> for sure no, I will cra- I will crack a little joke though. They did send a um a therapist in, and my my best friend was in the room, and they were like, "Hey, can we have a minute with Matt? We want to talk to him." And I was like, "Anything you say in front of me, you can say in front of him." And uh, they're like, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yeah." You know, like there's nothing that you could say to me that he can't hear. And they they started going through these questions, and they're like, "You know, do you ever have any any thoughts of depression or not wanting to wake up and?" regretting living and uh by this time i was able to fully talk so it was the end of february and i looked at this therapist and i was like listen lady i don't want to be rude but race season's been like three months and i have a fucking car to build so i don't have time to kill myself and my buddy cracked up my mom overheard it and the therapist was like i'll see you tomorrow and just walked away so <laughs> that's a good way to look at shit like i don't have yeah, time to die today lady absolutely man i had to build a race car so I didn't have time for that. I love that. That's yeah. that is the best response you could have possibly given her. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, my my buddy was just I mean, he's six, seven foot giant. He's hunched over, cracking up. Get me out of here. Like, let's get to therapy. I can go build this car. So which we did. We did have it built by the end of the summer. So good shit. Worth it. Because this is motorsports related, who do you yeah. think is going to take the other seat at Haas next year? Because they mm. find they still have K Mag through twenty three, but doesn't look like Mick's coming back. So good question. I think Gene or uh, not Gene Haas, Gunther Steiner is really downplaying his attempt to get Ricardo. Um, Ricardo being an Australian Italian or now an American-Italian team. I think uh, a proven race winner is also another is something that they want alongside K-Mag. I think that they really regretted their decision to take on um, the two rookies, whether it was a financial move or not. I just think that um, if, you, if you look at every other team, the experience is, is obviously at least 95% of the time going to come out on top. 
So I, I do think that they're pursuing Ricardo a bit more than maybe they're leading on. That was kind of my thought. But However, if if Ricardo really is adamant about taking the year off, which he just released a statement this morning that said he is, um, I think that they'll resign. So there's, I mean, what what other what other move would there be? Latifi, Hulkenberg. I don't think they'd take Latifi because it'd be just like bringing back uh, Nikita Mazepin. Yeah, it's so, it, he's the same person more or less. Like so, Nick DeVries is now signed. Yep. Um, Piastri is now signed. That fills up those two seats. So as far as quality reserve drivers goes, you have Hulkenberg. Yeah. Um, I don't think Aston Martin's going to give up Hulkenberg. I don't think that they would willingly do that to someone that is their direct competitor this year. So I think it's either suck it up, spend the money, really, really try to entice Ricardo, or resign Mick. I mean, I don't want to see Mick leave. Yeah, I don't want to see Mick no. leave either. I just, I don't know. I'm. Because he keeps showing flashes, man. He's so freaking close to, like, I don't know. He He's showing potential. He's showing promise, but he's young. Like, you're not, I don't know. I'm not surprised with some of the mistakes and stuff that he makes because he's young. However. No, I, I do have to say that uh, last or two, last weekend or two weekends ago when he wrecked after the session had ended. Um, dude, you couldn't have picked a worse time to wreck a car. Right. You you are on the chopping block. Haas is quickly spending money that they don't have, and you're wrecking cars in at the end of a practice session. Yeah. That's um that's definitely not helping his case. But like you said, there are flashes where you can see. I mean, he, he had a great fight with um with George Russell. And of course, Russell made that comment. What is he? This is the race of his life. Yeah, it is. Spending it like it's the race of his life. Yeah, he is because he's on the chopping block. Whether you see it or not. Yeah, you you race for Mercedes. They're a premier team. Like, right. Of course, you're like, oh, well, why the hell is he trying to hold me off? He's trying to show that he can run with the big dogs. Whether or not he's at the front of the pack, it doesn't really matter. Right. Exactly. So I, I would hate to see him go. Um, I'm obviously a huge Ricardo fan, if you can't tell, um, which was actually very, very cool for me because I've always been a McLaren fan. Um, my all-time favorites are Senna and Hunt. Um, I think two, two of my all-time favorite drivers. So when, when Ricardo went to, to McLaren, I was thrilled. Um, obviously, I've got a bit of a sour taste in my mouth after the past month and a half, but what are you going to do? That's why I tell all these new fans, the Drive to Survive fans, pick a team before you pick a drive. You'll yeah. you'll have a lot better time in F1 if you pick a team. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was I've been a Haas fan for years just because I really like their CNC machines and then I was like, "Oh, they have a team too." But I actually do I want to say this one here? Yeah, I'll say this one here cuz there's not that many people that listen to it. I had an opportunity to go work for Haas like the F1 team in 2019. They was were, a great year for them. 
bro, they were hiring a CNC uh, programmer. They're based out of their team's based out of uh, Mooresville or right. like Kannapolis, North Carolina. I wanted that's right outside Charlotte. I've wanted to move to Charlotte for a couple years. This was like March or April of 2019. Um, Chance Fournier actually found me the job online. He was screwing around. And our friend Reed is an engineer for an IndyCar team. So he texts Reed. He's like, yo, if Bailey applies for this programming job at Haas, could he put you on his resume as like a, uh, or on his application as a reference? And Reed's like, yeah, go for it. So I went back and forth on it. I wasn't having the best time at my job in Pittsburgh. And I was like, I love Pittsburgh, but it'd be nice to go somewhere else see something new do something i want to do and i kind of weighed my options and i don't really i don't want to blame it on anybody but myself i decided i was not going to apply for it just based on some things that were going on in my life and then a couple months later me and my ex broke up and i was like motherfucker i am so dumb for not applying for that fucking job but i mean it would have been cool it would have been a life-changing experience just for the experience and yeah. getting into pittsburgh going somewhere new but you never know what would have happened come 2020 when the whole world shut down because of covid and like motorsports were pretty limited for a long time all the seasons were delayed and like you never know. Like it could have been a great experience. It could have been a terrible experience because I could have put myself in a really bad situation. But um, hindsight's twenty twenty. I still think I probably should have done it. It is what it is. I'm. It is what it is. I'm. I'm not. I don't regret not replying or not applying for it. But it would have been cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking whenever you look back at things like that, though it's hard it's hard not to obviously have regret about something like that especially um people like us who who really love motorsports uh formula one is obviously the pinnacle of motorsports so it doesn't go up from there but like you said you you didn't know what the world was going to be like you obviously had personal things going on um you took a you took a at the time was your best calculated decision um it could have worked out great or it could have worst case scenario on so right i mean it's one of the, it's one of those things that you know you had you you did at the time what you thought was best and i'm i'm a firm believer in that's all you can ever do is in that moment what what you think is best for you um is what you got to kind of roll with so yeah it definitely would have been a really cool experience yeah i mean i'm not I like what I'm doing now. I like who I'm doing it with. I like who I work with, work for, whatever you want to say on that. Um, I have no regrets. I'm having fun, but um, trying to think. Tell me about your streaming. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so obviously you know, that I stream. Um, I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's never, 
been or never going to be about uh, trying to be like the top guy or to make money or to quit my job or anything like that because I, I have a certain view and that's whenever you start doing something for money tend to lose a little bit of the passion for it which is um not to jump super far back in time but pretty much on my 18th birthday i, I started working in a garage and then the next year and a half i i hate cars so i was just gonna say so that's why i do not work on cars for a living yeah exactly so as soon as you make it your your, your monday to friday it just takes the, the joy out of it um so i do it for fun honestly man i i like being on camera i like talking to people if this wasn't about motorsports what we're doing now um i would probably be on some back road fucking bizarre rant that i i typically find myself on um i i just enjoy entertaining i mean my my dream career had always been doing stand-up so for me it's just a chance to um sit down i enjoy playing video games i i like playing with my friends and then adding the bonus that i get to entertain so it's just something that i do for fun uh, i haven't been active because I'm not gonna fucking make it sound all shitty but uh the last few months um were kind of up and down with uh with some life stuff so i i couldn't bring myself to entertain but yeah, it's fun, man. I mean, I've, I've got a good group of friends that I play with, which is another thing that I was excited to bring up. Uh, PJ, who's who's my best friend, my younger brother, and then Sam Griner. Okay. So, which, how the hell are you? I have been so excited to say this, that when I was listening to that episode of the podcast at work, in my office, and I heard Sam Griner, how the hell are you, and then shot his leg off with a gun, I... I laughed out loud I and I, imme I immediately called years. Sam. I immediately called him and I was like, dude, I just fucking made a fool of myself at work because I was listening to Bailey's podcast and they, uh, they referenced you. So yeah, Sam, Sam is, is definitely one of my best friends. Um, I'm actually surprised he hasn't texted me tonight. He, he's pretty busy with work these days, but, uh, but yeah, so the streaming thing is really just a chance for me to entertain and, um, I was, I was always the class clown. I like to be the center of attention is, uh, kind of bad as that sounds. So it's, it's just fun, man. It's a, it's a really good time. No, I've met good. some, I've met some really cool people. I've met some really shitty people. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all just fun. No, I'm, good. I'm, I'm a big kid, dude. I, I enjoy playing oh, video boy. games. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, um, watched and I'm going to shout him out here. Joe Zikowski's streams but uh dude he gets like belligerent drunk and yells and i enjoy doing the same thing i i had um obviously anyone listening isn't gonna be able to see this but um my to where my hand is to my desk is is probably what i call four beer cans and i had a, a six wide four high beer can tower one night while playing just shotgunning beers i mean i just enjoy enjoy uh having a good time with people that's the best man that's that's what it's all about i haven't talked to joe in a while but i it seems like he's doing really well with his streaming and everything i don't 
I don't follow along too much, but from what everybody else has told me, he's doing really well. So good yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he is doing pretty well. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. But yeah, the streaming thing is fun, man. Uh, like anything, as soon as it starts turning into a job, it gets frustrating. I, I tend to never underdo anything. I always go way over the top. So uh, I ended up, you know, maybe spending a bit too much money on equipment and neglecting real life things. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's time to maybe take a couple months off. So the, uh, the winter season's approaching. So I'll probably start again. Anything you're playing specifically right now? Uh, right now, a lot of PUBG. Okay. Um, that sort of made a comeback. And then, um pj just sent it to me today i think the campaign for cod launches on um let's see right here the the campaign launches on the 20th and then the full game on the 27th so the end of this month will be uh beyond cod a lot but i actually and for you car guys this is a this is a really cool game um overdrift festival on pc it is um it's a small smaller world but it's obviously catered to drifting um obviously it's all unlicensed cars but you know you've got your your sky series of skyline cars you've got um your 350 370 some mustangs 240s uh but yeah it's it's a it's a pretty good open world drifting game so a couple of my buddies we uh we drift together on that and it does have wheel support for the guys that that like using pedals but um i find that a little bit tricky to set up as opposed to what the fuck does everyone play assetto corsa and uh what's the other drifting game assetto corsa is the one i was thinking of Um, yeah there's 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 another one that was gaining some traction for a while um but anyways it's kind of difficult to set up so i just use my controller but yeah we we drift around have some fun with that yeah awesome yeah so i wanted to ask you about something too all right i did not know that you were a golfer oh (laughs) and and i'm bringing this up for a reason oh i can't wait i don't care what it costs me i i don't care how long it takes you to make you got to make me a putter that's i'm because I heard, because so I heard that you, you brought this up. I heard that you wanted to do it, and I was like, I have to have a putter. That would be great. I don't, I don't care the cost. I don't care the time that it takes to make. I, I want a putter. But I if you that. ever get around to making them, please put me in the pre-order list. I, I got you. I, yeah, I'll make you. I'll make you like a signature series. We'll, oh man, we'll pull it up. We'll do it titanium. We'll anodize it, or I'll heat it with a torch or something. We'll we'll do some yeah. flash it. We'll we'll sit down at the at the drawing board and go over a couple things for a putter. Yeah, because but I, yeah, I, I heard I that. Golf, I was like, I didn't even know. Like I'm okay. I I relate to what you're saying about you don't underdo anything. You overdo everything. That's me, but I'm not great at anything that I do. Like I'm, I'm really good at my job and my career, thankfully, because I do that for a lot of hours a week and I enjoy it. So that makes it easier, but like video games, 
I love to sit down and play video games. I'm terrible at video games. It does not matter. I'm terrible at Madden. I'm terrible at anything racing related. Motocross games I'm decent at, but like COD, PUBG, Fortnite, any of those like RPG games, nope. I'm I am yeah. god awful at video games. I'm god awful at sports. I'm a decent driver and I can work. That's that's about as far as my talents go. Hey, <laughs> hey man, that's that's enough for me. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, that's enough for me. I never claimed to be a great golfer either. It's fun. Um, is it yeah, not fun? Uh, it is a lot of fun. And I actually resisted golf for years uh, because my dad wanted me to golf. He was like, you need to learn how to golf. It's the best way um, if you want to do business. A lot of business happens on the golf course. You should learn how to golf. And I was like, fuck you, dad. I'm a rebellious teenager. I'm not golfing. And um, then my buddy, his family actually owns a golf course north of Pittsburgh. And he was like, let's go out. Like, I'll, I'll teach you how to golf. If you don't like it, we'll never go again. Um, we, we ended up going on a weekend, Saturday or Sunday. I, I don't really remember. This was uh, probably 10 or 11 years ago. I think in the next month, I probably played eight rounds. Of so I'm not good at it, but I really enjoy doing it. Oh, it's, I just, it's, it's just so something. Yeah. And what's better than pounding back? six or ten beers and driving a golf cart around well that's what i was gonna say i was like once you get to like hole four or five and you're three or four beers deep nothing else matters like exactly. my phone's in the golf bag i don't drink anymore but my phone's in the golf bag and i'm just big ass cigar and a miller light and we're just off yep. and running yep yeah great absolutely <clears throat> no oh, we'll have to golf at some point yeah, PJ and I actually just golfed um, Grandview. From I was my first time there, and that was his home course in high school, and uh, it was a really fun course. Challenging because it's narrow. Okay. But it it was a lot of fun to golf. Um, actually, I, I mean it it was a scramble, but I'd probably say that I played my best game that day. So I was really happy with that, considering it was the only time I've golfed this year. Uh, like I said, just some stuff going on over the past couple of months. I, I couldn't get out to golf. So, um, yeah, it ended up being a really great round, and I enjoy it. it. It's a great way to take five hours, four or five hours. Like you said, I put my phone in my bag, take a take a six-pack, maybe two six-packs out. I, I know you, you don't drink, but have a couple of beers with your buddies and just kind of shut everything off for a bit. No, it's it's definitely fun. I didn't get out at all this year. I played a lot of pitch and putt earlier in the summer, and then I got busy. There's a pitch and putt course like two, three miles from my house. So me and my one of my buddies would meet there after work at least once a week. It's like 10 bucks. It takes two hours. It's 18 holes. You take right. nine iron, a wedge, and a putter, and just off and running. And we're both equally like equally bad, I would say. So it's pretty competitive because it's like, you keep it close like within a couple strokes of one another it's a good time but it's it's a way to get out without having to kill five six hours or whatever yeah. it takes to play like a full-size course so i don't know i have fun with it i want to make a bunch of putters and i don't know I, whether or not i end up selling them 
great. I just want to make stuff that my friends want to use and like. So I don't know. That's kind of, I don't remember if I said that on the last podcast or not. I know I said it to Denton was over the other night, the kid that was on the last podcast. Yeah. And I was telling him, I was like, there are, I'm going to go off on a little tangent rant here, but it, oh, hey. I, I promise it all ties back together. The internet is so fucked these days for multiple reasons, but there are so many creative people out there that think the shit that they are making, whether it's music, art, um, building cars, building motorcycles, whatever they are passionate about and good at doing, there are so many talented creators out there that think that they fucking suck at what they do because an algorithm doesn't pick up what they're doing. I a hundred percent agree with you. There are so many, and I know you're a big music guy. There are so many underground artists that are putting out better music. And that's, that's all subject to opinion and all relative, but better music than these labels are putting out as independent yeah. artists, but it doesn't get picked up by the algorithm and it doesn't get picked up by the radio because it's not being pushed by the labels and i'm i'm a huge consumer of music i am completely i i have no musical talent whatsoever but i appreciate music and i like seeing the business side of things like think was it you that i was talking with about mike mike seander used to be mike stud he's just mike now was it no you? no, no fuck who was i talking to about him he and his boys are really good at exposing the industry because he's an independent artist and they're showing like all the bullshit and all the fuck shit that these labels are playing where like oh well like we'll kick you a million dollar because a million dollar record deal is not a million dollar deal it is a no. million dollar loan yeah that you got to pay back so that's why all these artists were going broke during covid because they're making money off of tours and merch they're not making shit off of streaming. They're not making shit off of album sales. You have to tour and you have to push merch in order to make ends meet as a big label artist. But that's a whole rant for another day. I don't know everything about the music industry, but I fucking hate this algorithmic bullshit where it's like anything that you like and anything that you like to do there's at least 12 other people on the internet that like the shit that you're doing. You just got to find them. And I think that's why TikTok is so instrumental in a lot of people building these online businesses and online followings for music, art, whatever they're doing, because the algorithm on TikTok works. You yep. post something cool, they show it to a select group of people. If those people interact with it and engage with it, they show it to more people and so on and so forth and that's how things kind of i don't know i'm just there are so many people that are trying to make things that they want to do and do things that they like to do but the internet's telling them that they suck because it's just not getting out there and that's just not the truth but people are taking that algorithmic response to what they post and saying, Oh, well, nobody likes my shit. So then they stop trying. And I just, I have a huge problem with that because I just, I don't know. That's my beef with YouTube right now. Cause like 
I'm posting videos. I have posted videos on there that there's channels now that have 2 million subscribers. They were posting the same like type of shit when they were small, but the algorithms changed so much that they posted it. They got 3 million views and now they got 2 million subscribers. I'm posting shit that's very, very similar, not copying, but similar style shit. And they're like, oh, well, here's 100 views if you're lucky. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll go fuck myself, I guess. Right. And so now that that brings up the fact that I want to talk about the opposite. Of this. That people who don't produce good content or a good product or something that is like blatantly garbage. And they just know how to use social media to their advantage to get this exposure. And I hate to sound like this guy who, you know, oh, he's a fucking hater. But you look at these these Instagram models and you look at a lot of these kind of really shitty car guys on TikTok. I mean, if you obviously you'll come across great content on TikTok. Right. I I find a ton of good car content. There's always something good. But then you see some that just you're like, what the fuck is this? Why why is this being pushed to me? This is garbage. And then you see some of these girls that again, and I don't want to sound like a hater, like get your get your bag. I appreciate that, but just absolute minimum effort. Just really shitty content. Even even if you leave out like the uh, or adult side of like content just like shit qu- shit quality content and they are just massive on on the social media side yep they they've just figured out the algorithms and how to push that content and how to get the engagement and all that engagement is is <clears throat> a dollar sign in front of it so i think it's i think that these um these apps facebook instagram tiktok uh, not so much Twitter, but I think that they really do help people change their lives for the better that do deserve it. Uh, but I do think there are a lot of people that just figured out the system and right. and they yeah, run, and they run with it. And oh, dude, they're they're telling me we've got ten minutes. What the hell? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll pause it again, and I'll call you back if you're not done talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we have we have ten minutes, so but yeah, no, it's it's just this whole, like you said, it, just the engagement and the algorithms, and what works, and and you'll you'll look at these big creators who deserve the attention, but then they disappear for a month or two. You're like, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden their content's back, and you go and look. Um, I don't know if you follow that Tony guy on uh, on TikTok. I think we've sent each other a couple yeah. of his. Um, but he he openly calls out TikTok for their algorithm. He's like, how do how does my one video the day before have three million views, and then I have five hundred thousand on the next video? Right, that's a massive drop. Right. So, and when, I, I definitely uh, he think he has like twenty million followers, and that's that's the thing. Like, I'm not huge on TikTok, but don't lie to me. I'm not. Don't I mean, lie to me. I wake up every day to 10 TikToks from you, dude. You are my morning entertainment every day. Well, I, I appreciate that. That makes <laughs> me feel good. But every day I'm like, horsepower and pizza, man. In the grand scheme of things, though, like I have 14,000 followers on there. I am 
so grateful for those 14,000 people because that's what they are. They're not, it's not a number. They are people on the other side of a screen and I'm so grateful for them. However, it's the same bullshit with the algorithm. I'll post a video. I have 14,000 people that follow me. So that should be on their following page. Correct. Why am I getting 400 views on a video? Right. That's trust me, man. I, I know. I know exactly how it goes. But then I'll post it's the same stupid. with the streaming. I'll save a fucking Snapchat from work and I'll post it like three weeks later. And I'll close the app, forget about it for two days. I'll open the app and I have 600,000 views and another 1,300 followers. And I'm like, it was a fucking three second video that I took at work. What, what happened? I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm I'm grateful for all of those people that fuck with my content, but it's like, I don't know. It, you can't, it, it's inconsistent. I'm trying to get it to the point where it's consistent. But again, I don't, there was a point in my life where I was like, this is what I want to do for a living. Like anything else, if it was fucking easy, everybody would do it. And like you were saying, I don't think the things that I do as a hobby I don't want to kill the passion for it. I'm exactly. passionate about what I do for a career. I'll go run a bag up doing that. And if I can bring in a side bag from fucking content or podcasts or whatever it is. Cool. But, yeah. Yeah. That's the way I always looked at it, especially <clears throat> with, the, with going back to the streaming thing is, um, I, you know, I have made some money and, uh, and that, and that's, that's great. I'm, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm also very thankful for that. I'm thankful for the people that sit down and watch me because um, I know to us older guys at, at first watching someone play video games was kind of an odd concept, but um, it's just weird how, how one day you can be, you can be pushed to this audience. And, and the thing with streaming is I can live see my, you know, I, I look directly to my right at my other screen and I can see how many people are watching and if i if i had the mindset of doing it for an income it would be really discouraging going from one day i've got 15 20 25 people watching me to two so the the way that these algorithms like you said fuck with these creators or people who who build a product and just don't think it's good it's not that you're not good it's that you're you're not working the algorithm and it really does discourage a lot of people. I have several friends who quit streaming because they they started and they took off right away. All these followers, all these subs, um, you know, they they specifically wanted to do it for an income. All these donations, uh, cr- you know, crazy views. And then a month into into their streaming, they're they're sitting at three people. And they're like, well, I'm not going to sit here for eight hours in front of three people. Right. I was like, yeah, but you weren't complaining about sitting here for eight hours in front of 30 people. Right. It's so people got to stop looking at the numbers, man. That's, uh, that's why I quit. It's, it's, it's killing good products. It's killing good artists. That's the, it's crazy. YouTube was one thing for me because I'm, I'm everything I do is numbers based with work. So I'm a huge numbers guy across the board with work, with views on videos and shit. I don't really pay attention to the YouTube shit anymore because I don't really post there consistently anymore. 
And like TikTok, it's right in your face. You don't have to go look anywhere for it. It shows it directly to you. But I will say the one thing about the podcast, I don't look at any of the analytics on any of this. Right. I do it because I enjoy it. And like, yeah, I'll check it every couple months or like when I log in to upload a new episode, I'll check to see how the last one did, but I don't watch it in real time. And I'm like, oh, there's three people that listen to the podcast today. And there were 30 that listened to like they listened to the same episode yesterday. So like we're doing something. I don't look at that. And it's it's a nice surprise when you log in and it's like, oh, a thousand people listen to the episode last week. And I'm like, well, that's fucking crazy because like. I didn't expect it to get a hundred listen. Like, I don't know. It's still in that infant stage. It's not right. And maybe right. it gets there. Maybe it doesn't either way. I enjoy it. So I don't really give a fuck. I get to sit down with friends like you and I have one scheduled tomorrow with, um, it's a friend of a friend who's like a serial entrepreneur in the motorsports space. And he's like, yeah, oh, I got nice. to get together to sit down and talk. And I'm like, all right bet so yeah oh yeah i'm meeting all sorts of cool people through this and see where it goes i i have fun with it i really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk i've learned so much about you that i don't know i thought we were pretty good friends and holy shit <laughs> you dropped the fucking bomb on me yeah man i mean again just like what you just said uh i i appreciate you having me on man i was um Honestly, I, I I was a bit nervous because I never do anything scripted or at least where you have to have a, a sort of a, a path. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I said about during this, like if I was, if I was just talking to you or this wasn't motorsports related, I'd be so far off the fucking road right now. And maybe we do a second and then you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's usually how I do things. Um, so I was actually a bit nervous about this because I have a lot of trouble staying on um, a set path, but I really enjoyed this. I had a, a really good time. I always enjoy talking to you. Um, I know I was supposed to come to the, whatever, what's the, what's the show at the convention center? City, City Expo. Yeah, I, uh, that's, again, I don't want to get too into it, but that's like right whenever everything hit me. Um, for the summer and i just i i couldn't get myself together so you know it was a little fucking rough but this has definitely been kind of a a good way to to be even virtually social again so yeah man this was this was definitely fun i got two closing thoughts for you one of them's a comment yes sir um because of you coming to steel city expo in 2021 i'm pretty sure my high school vice principal thinks i'm gay because i was talking to him and you came up and you're like oh i owe you a kiss on the mouth and i was like bro you couldn't have said this in front of like a worse person to say no, that. i couldn't have said it in front of a better person <laughs> you, you you're looking at it all wrong but i said it in front of the right person and then what is your favorite car from the 80s or the 90s oh you have a minute and five seconds. I have a minute and five seconds. Okay, so obviously, you know, I am a huge, huge Porsche fan. Um, but I, I don't want to jump right to the 959. I'm going to say something that is maybe a little bit slap on, uh, but I do consider in the five greatest cars of all time, the XJ220. That's fair. 
I think is is a car that um, wasn't quite appreciated the way that it should have been. I think it was definitely overshadowed uh, by the F40. Um, and you could also maybe throw the EB110 in. There. So all great uh, cars. It e- says either of those two. I, I don't want to cut you off, but it says less than a minute. Hurry up and tell yeah. me yours. What's yours? Uh, Ferrari Testarossa, the 512 TR, like the last one, the good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. In Great white. choice, man. In white. Right on. 